0: Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast.
1: We pray that Christ is at the beginning, the middle and the end of all we do. May openness and shalom mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to be more like you, Jesus. Amen.
2: Well, friends, why don't you grab a mug of your favorite tea, Sit back and enjoy the Deep Waters Podcast. Come on.
0: Like Dolby Atmos, <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, that was great. I'm really excited because I have this mug that has Aslan on it. I love Aslan. it Aslan. with some of C.S. Lewis's words that are actually Mr. Beaver's words mm-hmm. spoken. Oh, I love him, you know. I, I don't know if Mr. Beaver's speaking through C.S. Lewis or if Lewis is speaking through Mr. Beaver
1: or God speaking through both of them.
2: Oh, wow, Definitely who are you?
1: <laughs> <is>.
2: <laughs> oh hi
1: Hi!
2: we've got Danica Langley on the podcast Jeez, there's somebody else in our room I today. didn't even realize do you want to finish your thought about yeah sorry your cup sorry oh I'm just excited because my wonderful wife got me this mug and tea for Christmas and I'm Aww. enjoying it deeply I Haley. love that thanks Hales. I think
0: it's great that Haley isn't your sister
2: <laughs> way to throw back. That's an inside joke to anyone who was at church this past Sunday.
1: <laughs> it's an inside it, joke with it, hundreds of people.
0: I know. Those are the best kind of jokes. Yeah. Um, it's funny because we kind of, we planned to have Danica on the podcast this week, not really thinking about her being introduced to the church as the executive director of Riverhouse Global.
2: That's a good little moment where the Holy Spirit just lines things up way better than we even realize. Totally.
1: Honestly. We're He's not that best. smart.
2: He is.
0: Yeah. So what's your role and where do you work?
1: <laughs> um, I'm the executive director of Riverhouse Global. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> and your
2: name is Danica Langley or Lanica Dangley? I always it's usually
1: it Danica Langley. Usually.
2: Okay. okay. But only on your business cards does it say Lanica Dangley? Yeah. Okay. Is Riverhouse Global basically just Riverhouse or is it a separate entity?
1: Ooh, that's a great question, Benji. Thanks. <laughs> um riverhouse global is a separate entity technically mm-hmm. but we're just the global expression of riverhouse church okay love mm-hmm. that that was a good way to say it thank you yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so very much intermingled but like from a tax standpoint yeah it's separate. like
1: like technically we're a 501c3 mm-hmm. but we wouldn't exist without riverhouse church totally yeah
0: that checks out yeah, yeah. i feel like pastor jordan mentioned that they were kind of birthed around the same time mm-hmm. which i love it is really cool mm-hmm. and i would also say to point to our intermingledness mm-hmm. Danick's desk is right next to mine mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they're a part of our staff meetings yeah. you know so it's like that's how close-knit we're very we well are. kept
1: up to date on like everything at the church mm-hmm. because it's most likely going to influence what we're doing around the world as well
2: that's uh, good Mm -hmm. I see that. Yeah. So it's not like Riverhouse Global is just something we conveniently created to the side to give our church an excuse not to do missions.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Someone asked me the other day, like, so you're the missions director at Riverhouse Church. And I was like, no, but yes, question mark. I was like, if that's what you think, then yeah, I guess. But um, I think when I actually started, there was a bit of a push of like, let's, make these separate entities um, even more than they are now and I think as we've which I know you guys have talked about on here like the new vision for Mm -hmm. Riverhouse Church um, Riverhouse Global fits into it really nicely whereas before in Boise as it is in heaven wasn't as much global Mm -hmm. as on earth as it is in heaven true
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, this works really well with church last Sunday if you weren't there I would tell you to go and watch January 7th, 2024.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: it was amazing. It was a great message.
0: It really was. Mm -hmm. It was just a holy Sunday. I don't know if it was the fact that we hadn't met like on a regular, for like a regular service in three weeks or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it felt like there's just a good energy there. It
1: was so good. I think Mm -hmm. it was the Holy Spirit.
0: Come on, that's the yeah. good energy I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was there. Yeah, I should have been more specific. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you
2: brought up the vision. I just want to name n- it if people aren't familiar, because we're trying to get in this habit of naming our vision super yeah. regularly. That we are a community of people cultivating a heaven on earth reality. 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 That's the word, right? Mm-hmm. I should memorize this. And we do that through ministering unto the Lord to one another and to the world. So for sure you see in that on earth as it is in heaven to the whole world is what Jesus has called us Mm -hmm. to in the Great Commission. And so our work overseas as well as to our next door neighbor is what we're called to in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes sense that it would be integrated, holistic. Mm -hmm. So. Good. We're excited to pick your brain a little bit and just also introduce you and show you off to the church because there are a lot of people who listen to our podcast that haven't had the wonderful opportunity of meeting you and getting to know you at all. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Two and of my besties. Also, just to say, First. Danica is my younger sister too, yeah. if that hasn't been clear yet. Yeah. Something um, Jace is
1: really prone to clarify these days.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like the Lord's been on it. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and
2: Danica is also in my, I don't know what we're calling it. We have a Shabbat group. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Where we just celebrate life together mm-hmm. over meals. It's awesome. Uh, and yeah, we had a cake for you this past time.
1: It was <laughs> the nicest thing ever. <gasps> because cake?
2: she started her own podcast. Yeah. Shameless plug mm-hmm. for the whole people podcast. Maybe we'll come back to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's do it.
2: Okay whole people
1: it was really nice though like
2: uh-huh. brought
0: out a cake that's so, so sweet
1: yeah. uh-huh. it's a big
2: deal um before we get to the present a little bit more i just want to look to the past and hear like a bit about who you are where you've come from are you like have you been a christian person your whole life <laughs> are you from around here
1: uh Great questions. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> some background info.
2: You don't have to give us like the thirty-hour version of your testimony, mm-hmm. but you know the nutshell. Twenty-nine
1: hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: okay. I also yeah, Easy. and also like include kind of what what eventually led you to River House totally. too. Yeah, that's always a kind of a thread with getting to know staff members on here that we like I
1: love to that. add. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have I been a Christian person my whole life? Um, technically no, but since I was 2 years old. So, whoa, praise God. Like 2 or 3. Okay. As, as early as you me. talk, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember life without Jesus, and that's the greatest gift I possibly could ever wow. have. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, so I'm from good old Idaho. Eagle Idaho specifically. Mm. And I was raised in the greatest family who just prioritized each other really beautifully and the Lord. And I think that has like the pairing of the Lord and others and each other has like raised me to who I am. Wow. Um, super plugged into a church, my whole growing up, same church, the most beautiful church family that I would still consider a a member of my church family is that church I was raised in. Mm, Um, yeah, a big part of, of that at least. So super thankful for the consistency that came with, um, eating dinner pretty much every single night together as a family and serving together and participating in similar activities together. It was just a lot of opportunity to be unified. Mm. And so I'm really thankful for that. And then from a young age, um, our family went to Kenya as all six of us. I was 12. That was, this was in 2009. And it actually wasn't until the next year in, in 2010, Jace and my dad and I went back, and that was the trip that solidified my call into missions. Mm-hmm. Same with Jace, yeah. I think. Um, and so 13 years old, I just knew that my life would centered around missions and I don't even think I knew the definition of what that was actually meaning that call into missions full time missions. Um, I think growing up my like view was like a missionary that lives far away and comes back to the church and like reports on like how things are going and like gets money and then goes back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I never really connected with that view of um, missions. It was always felt different to me. Mm -hmm. And I think because we first got connected to the global church through medical missions, I saw the like pairing of, um, the marketplace and the church together mm. from the start. So mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for that. Cause I think it, that paved like a really cool, um, narrative of missions is basically in everything versus mm. if you're not a missionary with like a suit and tie and like a Bible and like walking around and Yeah there's just so many ways that that can look. So anyways, grew up, um, going to Kenya a whole bunch and just absolutely fell in love with Kenya specifically, but the world, my curiosity towards other cultures and nations just has always been there. And it's been very integral in my approach to societies and rhythms of my own life is I'm just so thankful that I got exposed to yeah. the world at such a young age. Cause I think it's really marked all of us, um, in our family and yeah. So all that being said was pretty much, um, yeah. I don't know like wh- how, which direction you want me to go like mm-hmm. into work or Honestly, life.
2: We could go so many directions. Yeah. I just want to celebrate how wonderful it sounds like your upbringing is for a minute if it's okay i just want to stop and say that sometimes a lie that is told to us by the enemy i believe is that your testimony isn't something really worth celebrating Mm -hmm. if you haven't had like a prodigal moment or you weren't living in sin not knowing God for decades and then you had some incredible conversion experience those testimonies are incredible and absolutely glorifying to Mm -hmm. God and not to be compared to the kinds of testimonies that you're describing right now where you've just known the Lord your whole life Mm -hmm. um so I just want to like celebrate that yeah as somebody who has known the Lord in a very similar way my whole life, growing up in an incredible Christian yeah. family, um, and I wanted to speak to the heart, maybe that's a little pastoral yeah. interruption, to say if there's somebody who's listening that, like, your testimony resonates with that, and you've ever felt um, at all disappointed in that testimony, Um yeah i would just challenge you to no longer be disappointed and to not compare but instead to celebrate the gift yeah. that god has given in your upbringing um and if that isn't your testimony then like celebrate what is true about your story with the lord mm-hmm. i just wanted to say no that.
1: i think that's so good because i actually went through a time in my life where i don't know in high school different leadership positions and stuff you're giving your testimony all the time and you almost try to find that like rock bottom situation Mm -hmm. to like bounce off of. And even more recently, I would say like probably since I did journey to wholeness or around that time, which was five years ago, I felt like I actually, and the older I get and the more I see like the challenges people have because of ways they were brought up or things they did or didn't have a part of that process. Like, I just have to be so thankful and hmm. I don't ever want to minimize like the gift that it has been to be brought up the way that I have been and yeah. never want to make an excuse for how good it's been. If that makes sense. Like I don't want to make it sound less than there's no point in that.
0: That's so good. I love that. And I can even attest to that when I was on a team of people and we were sharing our testimonies, I was like, I kind of said like, eh, it's like it's been pretty easy, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's no external problems that Mm -hmm. have been that pressing
1: thrown our way. Yeah.
0: And, um, but like, honestly, there was people that really like probably got the most emotional during my story because it brought so much hope Mm -hmm. that whatever Mm -hmm. family they have could look like, you know, what, what is promised in the Bible Mm -hmm. of full of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Um,
1: and I think this feels like a total side note, but there were things that we did as a family that led us to where we're at it and wasn't what yeah. it, it didn't just happen mm-hmm. and like our parents are the most intentional when it comes to like to when you're growing up and a kid you don't recognize the benefit of this like mm-hmm. consistency and showing up for things you don't feel like showing up for and being together and saying sorry really quickly like there were just things that were expected of us growing up that have made us into adults with character that I think um is a product of those things that it didn't just happen so sometimes I think like we get questions that used to be hard for me because I'm like yeah we are still a family with six now eight nine individuals that um bring all of our own journeys into Mm -hmm. like one big mesh but there's like so much beauty in it too because yeah, we've like been intentional about Mm. those spaces. Um, but yeah, like, so when people ask, it's like, well, this didn't just happen. Like our parents were really, really mindful about things they did. Um, but all that being said, I've absolutely had seasons of my life where I've not acted in my identity in Christ or as a daughter Mm. and made decisions that I wish I wouldn't have. So it's, there's still so much humanness in the midst of all of this that like of course. I've yeah I've been through things that I wish I wouldn't have gone through but at the same time like I the Lord was near through all of it and he's shown me like his hand in all those areas of my life and has brought me to a more secure place and dependent place on him as a father who's caring for me through that process so yeah in all that it's like you know you're still a teenager you're still, The college student.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is good. Okay. Thank you for letting me go there. Yeah. I I wanted to hash out that side tangent. Mm -hmm. Totally. I've, I've, a youth pastor, I've actually seen people, um, like walk away from a Christ like lifestyle that they had been living because I think they felt like they had to step outside of it in order for it to be like a real chosen yeah. walk of life you know mm-hmm. yeah. and for someone to choose sin intentionally because they felt like a fraud in the christian life because mm-hmm. they were like born and raised into it is a, it's an excellent scheme of the devil
1: oh, <laughs> so i just want to like yeah, call that, that out yeah 100%. that's so good yeah you don't need rock bottom
2: no you don't <laughs> <laughs> don't search for it <laughs> no no no, no. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah life will bring it to you yeah. in other ways <laughs> yeah um okay and when you said like you were 13 the second trip to kenya um, was the trip that this missional call seemed clear on mm-hmm. your life would you hash out what that means yeah like how did you hear that did the lord speak to you
1: yeah 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 so that first trip I feel like was just an opportunity to like see the world I don't remember a ton of culture shock per se but just like I'm in Kenya this is such a new opportunity I'm 12 all I've known is like elementary school and sports and American living. Um, so it's just, you know, your mind is just like expanded and it's beautiful. And you're like, what is this reality people are living in? It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times, especially being from, um, the West, you're like, I'm going to go to Kenya once. What a great one-time experience. So then for it to become a second option, like to go a second time was an option. It was like, I think my brain went to like, wait, is this actually going to be a thing now? Like, is this hmm. going to be a part of my life? And I think that shift made me a little bit more open to the idea of the Lord calling me into something that was so different than what I had seen all growing up. Hmm. Um, however, the people that run the organization that we are with are have done that their whole lives, so, and we're very close to them. So it was, I got like firsthand... Um, experience and seeing like the back and forth living of traveling over there, coming back, working, having job, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that was, that was modeled to me. And I actually think it was through one of those like devotionals. Do you remember? Jesus calling? Like not Jesus calling, <laughs> but similar vibe of like the day, what are they? They're like the paper ones, like catalogs.
0: Oh, that they have at church yeah I forgot what those are called. yeah they're like like new every morning devotions yeah and like and that. it's
1: like not one that you're necessarily like this is going to be the most profound thing I've ever read but one of the leaders of that ministry I think either gave it to me or both of us and was like I I feel this for you guys yeah and um it was kind of in that process of getting ready for that trip we had like a retreat and I I don't actually remember the exact moment, but I remember us at the same time being like, I f- "I'm feeling a call to." We were both like missions. crying, weren't we? I think so. Yeah. Like on the yeah. step,
0: I remember that like sitting on, on like the a door like, like we're a doorway. On the couch. Okay.
1: I don't know. It's <laughs> been a
0: while, but we both like I've re- like back then wouldn't have language to say the Holy Spirit this or the Holy Spirit that, mm-hmm. but the fact that I'm like in the Lord's presence, we might have been praying or worshiping, and then like mm-hmm. really feel like you just get this clear download of like, "This is you're going to be doing something like this." Yeah. And yeah, I would have said I was called to missions then. And I feel like I would have clarified it now, like really called to ministry mm-hmm. and like to whatever the Lord has for me. Hmm.
1: Yeah. And not even like a vocation as much as like a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I would feel yeah. more if I could like interpret what it has become. Of course, my life is within like missions now, but I wanted to be a nurse like for all my growing up. I wanted to do. I didn't see myself ever working for a nonprofit or for a church um as a vocation. Yeah. I, I really thought it would be volunteer. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. You talked about the the marketplace, people in the marketplace mm-hmm. going over there. Um and that's because people are using their skills that they've developed through college and training and education that mm-hmm. um put them in the marketplace and then they get a, you know, kind of tai chi those to the to the kingdom you know use them towards (laughs) yeah and like use that towards the kingdom's uh call which is so cool so cool that's excellent wow
2: okay that was a fun clarification Mm -hmm. thank you yeah because i wonder how yeah like a 13 year old hears the voice of god or starts to see vocation i think it's probably encouraging to people to hear that you didn't have a very well defined clarified life plan Mm mm-hmm as a 13 year old yeah but instead there was like a burning on your heart that felt confirmed by the holy spirit and now you're invited into a journey of discovery yeah and we're still on that journey totally Totally.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i like
0: that i think for me it was like maybe less Mm -hmm. of like you are called here's these golden tablets Mm -hmm. and keep them in your pocket because you're called kind of a thing to more like a realization of what life in the kingdom actually looks like yeah. like an awakening of our, the call that mm. Christ gives to every Christian mm-hmm. is like, wow, this is a beautiful life that we get to be mm-hmm. a part of. And we've been called as co-laborers from Christ to go do this. And I feel like yeah. that was more like this full realization of, wow, life is way more than just, you know, yeah. sports or school or becoming a Imagineer or whatever it was that I wanted mm-hmm. to do back then <laughs> up. or me. still do. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. I will say though, like, my high school experience. So 12, 13 is like seventh and eighth grade. My high school experience was really, really interesting because Kenya became like, well, I think I saw myself come alive when I was in Kenya Mm -hmm. and I longed to be there because I felt like I was used by the Lord really powerfully when I was there and so my high school experience was really challenging because I lived in a constant tension of begging my parents to let me move to Kenya and it I forget how significant it was back then but it was like a point of tension for us because I forgot about that yeah wow (laughs) it became like a like it's Kenya or nothing type of thing for me and I actually haven't even really processed it now that I'm like way out of that season of my life but like a whole series of things happened when i was in high school that made it like different than your average high school experience but i think kenya to me was like um i don't know in my in my young age if i knew how to differentiate like how can i sit in this classroom right now knowing what's going on in kenya right now and not be there like I've always been an urgent person and I'm seemingly like black or white as far as how I think. And so it was kind of like, well, if I know what's going on in Kenya, why would I be here? Like that was kind of my narrative as a young person. And of course I didn't have the perspective like my parents have, like you need to finish high school. You need Mm -hmm. to like go to college or, you know, do all these things. And that was really challenging for me most of high school, I would say, um, to submit to Mm -hmm. parental guidance there. Um, because I was like, I just don't understand. Like there's, I just remember I can, I can think of many, many circumstances in high school, sitting in random classes, math, history, and being like, no one understands my urgency. There's so much urgency to the kingdom and we're not doing anything about it. And I just remember thinking that exact thought all the time as a young person. And so, yeah, to the point where I like, quit sports at one point because I was like, it's not worth it. And then my <laughs> friend was like, well, what else are you going to do? You have to be here. So then I joined back in and yeah, it was interesting.
2: glad that you're letting us in on this because mm-hmm. it demonstrates your really incredible zeal that stuck with you for a long time i have heard testimonies and experienced myself some of that reverse culture shock where you get back from a developing country mm-hmm. to a really opulent place like
0: idaho yeah or like albertsons mm-hmm. yeah it's unreal it's- you go there like the options yeah are crazy after going to a grocery store in another country. Yeah.
2: I've felt like actually kind of repulsed at how much fresh water my household uses Mm -hmm. knowing how few people have access to it in certain countries or whatever, like fill in Mm -hmm. the blank of an experience. I've heard that like grocery store one is maybe the most common denominator Mm -hmm. for people Mm -hmm. like, wow, look at the incredible abundance. It feels infinite that we have on multiple street corners Every like quarter mile yeah. in this city. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: For me, it's the order of our traffic. Hmm. I think about it like every time I drive, I'm like, this is so nice. <laughs> but I also like, yeah. D- like, I'm I think, for think someone it actually, who know what you mean. yeah. So like, uh, in Kenya is mostly what I'm speaking to when I talk about traveling, but, um, the driving is just like. A lot less organized there's not stop lights there's not stop signs um it's kind of like if you can go go mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which just leads to like some chaos
0: lines on the road are suggestions if yeah they exist if they're at there yeah, yeah
1: yeah so <laughs> it's been interesting like going and being familiar with that type of driving but i'm like you don't have to like for me i'm on edge in kenya driving because it's like there's so much happening that when i'm here and i remember a lot of my friends from kenny when they come they'd say like this driving is so peaceful and i'm like yes it is it's so nice i think about that i like often i'm like thank you god <laughs> we have such a peaceful driving here like, yeah That's i think great. about that one like every day for sure That's mm-hmm. and it's interesting too because yeah i guess I don't know if there would have been benefit in, like, our family up and moving to Kenya and just being able to, like, fully dive into that culture. I wanted that. I wanted that so bad. And that was my first big disappointment is when we didn't do that. That was my biggest heartbreak. I feel like
0: mom and dad kind of floated the idea. Oh, yeah.
1: There was a summer that it was It was like, we might go there for a summer. It was like three months or something. Wow, you were really considering. Yeah. And I remember when they told me that we weren't going, I just was like... I'll never be understood. <laughs> that was so wow. sad. Okay. I was so, so sad. Obviously not like to it's that very, depth, it's but it, high it's, school too. it's how it felt. Totally. It was just like everything I hoped for. It's not <laughs> happening.
2: Can I ask that zeal inside of you? You're like, we're not going to Kenya, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if you'd use those words. Uh, Are you thinking because this is what God has called me to, or like, this is what God has called Christians to. And Christians are over here in comfortable America, just wasting their time when there's so much need, you know, like, is this, is this more of an individual urge or is it sort of a collective, like wake up guys, all of my youth group needs to go and live in the developing world together.
1: I think it was more individual. Mm -hmm. I felt like from the beginning, I recognized that my desire to be there was not common for someone my age. And especially with how much I desired to be there. Um, And of course, like we were raised in Christian school. And so you always have the, like, the mission field doesn't have to be across the world. It's your next door neighbor. And I'm like, great, go for it. I'm going across the world. Like yeah. that was never something <laughs> that encouraged me. Like I was like, cop out, you know, but it's sure. not actually, but, um, yeah, I just remember hearing that and being like, I don't want, and, and I had wise counselors speak into this at some point. It was like, you were called to the nations and like, you don't have to diminish that or like belittle that. And not everyone is. And I think I recognize like my willingness to go as like pretty rare at that age where I was like, "Mom and Dad, you can come with me if you'd like, but no pressure." Like I'm gonna go, <laughs> and I think even my parents are like, "Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you 14. want us with you?" <laughs> it's like, mm, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Okay. This yeah. is this is wonderful. I'm yeah. seeing like, but my the brewing.
1: heart wants. Every American to see life out of America oh, in general. Yeah. So, yeah, Christians, not like I just think the world mm. is the completion of like humanity, obviously, and America is not single handedly mm. humanity.
2: Honestly, that's a good thought. Yeah, <laughs> a simple thought that's wildly profound. Yeah. And we need to be reminded of. I had a paradigm shift when I read a book called the hole in our gospel by Richard Stern. And he, one of the primary takeaways I had was essentially that that like God, God, Jesus calls us to love our neighbor as ourself. And we live in a global economy where our neighbor has now not just become the person next to me in my suburb, but also the Kenyan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like the Kenyan might not be able to like know me as a neighbor because they don't have the resources to get to me. Like I have the resources to get to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in a way, the church, maybe not every individual, um, but the church has a responsibility to recognize that global neighbor calling, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in light of the great commission, when Jesus says go forth to all nations and they didn't have airplanes in the first century Mm -hmm. Palestine. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm that's glad. Good. I'm glad that you're flushing this out because I. I think it really can be a call, maybe ought to be a call that every Christian has to some degree, mm-hmm. and we need to flush out, Lord, where do you have me in your body, as it relates to global missions? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Do you think that's a
2: fair question for everyone? No, to ask?
1: absolutely. And I actually think like. Our younger sister Paige, she's gone around the world. She's spent lots of times in other, lots of time in other countries, and now her heart is like burns for refugees in the U.S. Hmm. But I don't think she would have that passion for refugees here if she hadn't seen the reality of life elsewhere um, and the beauty of life elsewhere. Because I think sometimes you think, oh, a refugee, they've come and thank God they're in America. I'm sure they're so happy and then you're sitting at dinner with them like she had me over for dinner with some of her friends from Afghanistan and they're like we cannot wait to get back to Afghanistan and in my naive understanding i'm like really and they're like yeah like the picnics we have with our family on the weekends and like the parks there are beautiful and like we love our life there and you know x y and z and i'm like lord let me understand life wow. elsewhere because there is literally beauty in every place on this earth and every face and person and culture. And so, and I think you get a really cool glimpse of God when you meet someone that lives life completely opposite of you. Mm -hmm. Cause we obviously create our lives built on something. And so if they built their life on something in a different way, it's like, wow, God, like keep me open-minded, keep me like Mm -hmm. flexible in this. so yeah Can't, that's a good I point
0: know. i I am just thinking about how I feel like in the last twenty years, the view of short term missions has changed a lot, at least in my world and I think I can see it in in Riverhouse Global, where I think before we would kind of we want to go over and and build churches that look like our churches, and you know we go over it because we have something that they don't have, and we look at it, that disparity and say Well, of course, they want what we have, too, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when and kind of in the whole vein of like when helping hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, But now it's like we're going to um, Southeast Asia next week. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited to go over there to experience what they have and bring it back here and Mm -hmm. to be just kind of like uh, like circuit riders within the church to just carry what the church has on one side of the world to the other side of the world. Mm Kind of like to your point. Um, instead mm-hmm. of thinking, I'm going over there because I am more holy than them, right. or I have I have, have it more figured out, or the way that we do things here is superior than the way that they do things there. But to realize the beauty of everywhere, especially within Christendom and the, the global church, mm-hmm. um, we all have something to learn from one another. And yeah. not to say that our yeah. Western church is, has it figured out, because it absolutely does not when the Eastern churches are growing Exponentially more than we are,
2: whoa, and we're as as a race, humanity is created in the image of God, hmm. and we're missing aspects of what that means when all we do is hang around people that look and talk and act and think exactly like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's not the most complete picture of the human race, you know, yeah. which th- I love that.
2: then we have an incomplete view of God, like I didn't wow. even know Rhodes that weren't orderly were an option for humanity. Like how can a car function without stop lights and stop signs or like what's, of course, if a line is on the road, you're going to observe it. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Egypt and saw what you're describing in Mm -hmm. Kenya. And it's like, Oh, okay. Now my understanding of what it means to drive is being expanded. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's like one micro example of what happens an exponential amount of times when you mm-hmm. travel to some place so mm-hmm. different, like Kenya or Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's crazy cause like it's, it's stressful for us because it's not our norm, but I think of like Vietnam and they're all on motorbikes and you can walk across a busy street and no one's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it works. It yeah. like, it just, it does work, even though it yeah. feels absolutely insane to just right. walk into traffic, but they're all on motorbikes, so everyone just goes around you. You just make it across can't the street. You can have to,
1: like, all be confident yeah. for it to work, though.
0: Totally. You know? yeah. like,
1: one person's like, oh, no. Yeah,
0: totally. If you, like, hesitate and, like, <laughs> yeah. try to jerk a motorcycle, yeah. like, out, you know, That's it's like, yeah. when you get hit. Yeah, yeah totally. It would
1: not go as well.
0: Fascinating. Yeah.
2: Oh, this is fun. Okay. This is good. You've been around Riverhouse Church for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by for a minute, I mean, since its inception, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: pretty much. <laughs> yeah, what Jordan was talking about—the um, five people at the service he used to have um, in the like back before. room. Yeah, I'm like, me and Jace were two of those people. Yeah, this was <laughs> like this pretty is before crazy. Before Riverhouse, yeah, was founded. before Riverhouse. Like, but so I always kind of think of that service kind of being like the flow into what was like the original form of Riverhouse. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I got was around since the dance studio, if. Love if that. If people know If that means that. anything yeah, to yeah. anyone. I feel like that's kind of been referred to as, like, who was around with, with the dance studio? Yeah. Like, yeah. That was I.
2: I. I am post-dance studio, so mm-hmm. if anyone... Relates to that. Then you're I feel in good like i post
1: millennialism. Yeah. eschatology. I mean, a millennial, whatever <laughs> Millennium.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> super funny.
2: Post dance studio. Yeah. <laughs> That's good language. And if you have no idea, our church used to meet in a dance studio. That was a long time ago mm-hmm. in downtown Boise. Yeah. With mirrors. Jordan often talks about how he could see himself all around himself <laughs> as he was preaching. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a very funny. So yeah. It's a
0: good launching pad for
2: sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and has your experience, uh, this is a common question we like to ask staff, yes. has your experience at Riverhouse with our royal priesthood or um, like apostolic calling or vision for what it means to be church, has it challenged you in any kind of way? Mm-hmm. Or since you've sort of grown with it and followed Jordan's leadership for so long, mm-hmm. do you feel like... Um, like Riverhouse's way of doing church has always made sense and been pretty organic for you?
1: Yeah, it's hard to like remember sometimes how uncomfortable it was at the beginning because it's been so long. But I I think there was maybe a safety in things that I wasn't... There was a safety in like experiencing things I wasn't comfortable with when it was under the umbrella of the church I grew up in because I just trusted everyone there so much and then I think there was a little probably about a year of just that in between when it when Riverhouse was birthed um and of course I yeah I've known Jordan and the Verner family since I was very young but um I don't know there's a step of like there's something about stepping out of the covering that you've been used to your whole life and trusting a new covering mm-hmm. and um yeah so I'd say about a year process of just like where's my role in this congregation? And yeah, I, I trust what the Lord's doing, but this is a lot of new language. I've never heard. This is a lot of things I'm seeing. I've never seen before. Um, but I will say, I think the Lord in his kindness has actually made me aware of the Holy spirit my whole life. And I think that's different than even my siblings because we were raised in a really beautiful church that the leadership believed in the Holy spirit, but didn't necessarily vocalize where the Holy spirit like came into play. Um, a lot. So there wasn't as much like emphasis in like this, what you're feeling is the Holy Spirit. It was just like, this is part of it. Um, but I feel really thankful. Like, I feel like I actually knew about the Holy Spirit before I even, um, called him the Holy Spirit and somewhat operated in him before I even knew what was happening. So at least that has been a common thread throughout my life. So the dependence and the move of the Holy Spirit has never been shocking to me, but, probably trusting different leadership has been, was the harder thing Mm. for me than the original, you know, leadership.
2: Mm -hmm. Because different leadership has different language Mm -hmm. to describe what we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And some people like highlight a certain aspect of the Christian lifestyle more than others. Mm -hmm. I definitely relate to that in my church upbringing, uh, was my first interaction with you, well, my first time seeing you, it wasn't an interaction. You were on stage. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. You had the microphone and you were debriefing a trip that you just got back from with Riverhouse Global. <laughs> yeah. And you were describing like some ministry time. Yeah. I think the word fire might've been Uh involved.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) It was
2: really fun. I was like, whoever that lady is, she rocks.
1: (laughs) I remember being like, wow, people really loved this. (laughs) Like (laughs) this really hit.
2: (laughs) You were just so candid about like how wild what was happening around you was. Um, I've heard people say that you go to a different country where, uh, the spiritual world feels more alive and active Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. loud um incredible things happen that seem completely bizarre or impossible to like an american christian Mm -hmm. often
1: yeah
2: um did those things kind of shock you when you were first experiencing them Mm -hmm. in southeast asia or had you already experienced that in kenya
1: um in kenya it's very different than Southeast Asia because I mean the developing world I would say has similarities that make it very dear to me wherever I am and I'm like this feels familiar because I really love these parts of this place but I would say something that separates them about a bit is um in Kenya there's more spirituality around like witchcraft and tribalism than um like Holy spirit within the Christian church, Mm -hmm. then like Southeast Asia, it's a bit more like uh, the Hinduism and some of the other religions that are present in that area are pretty like, um, like there's manifestations involved in that, like Mm. as it is. And so I think there was an, a heightened level of spirituality when I went to Southeast Asia. And then there was also the element of, like, I had observed very comfortably at Riverhouse for probably two years up until that point before I went. This was five years ago I went with uh, with Riverhouse Global for the first time. And um, so to then go on a trip and have to be the one... <laughs> Doing a lot of the things was like, okay, wow. I've been really comfortable observing. Mm-hmm. And now there's a microphone in front of me and 400 pastors and I'm being asked to prophesy. So wow. God, would you let me prophesy for the first time? That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Give me something. Um, yeah. And then deliverance was not ever something I had been around. Um, slightly within witchcraft in Kenya, but not pers- not me personally like participating in that just the knowledge of it um so yeah in in southeast asia i was on a really small team when i went and jordan was doing ministry and we were his ministry team and i was praying for this guy and i'll just tell like a short story but he was came up to me he was like i need prayer i i can't hear from god and i was like okay for sure so they love when you put your hand on their forehead so i put my hand on his head and i was like god i just oh sorry Yep. (laughs) I just put my (laughs) hand on Jason's forehead Um, (laughs) because he wanted it. Uh, (laughs) So then, yeah, I, uh, I was, um, praying for him and he just starts manifesting like pretty gnarly. And At that point, I hadn't really seen the Holy Spirit manifest. So I'm like, for sure, this is a demon.
2: (laughs) Can you describe what manifesting is if
1: people don't know that language? He was just like shaking uncontrollably and like his whole body shaking. And he was kind of like saying some stuff I didn't know. And I felt like it wasn't the Holy Spirit. So I started praying like pretty powerful prayers towards like casting out something that shouldn't be there. Praying over him like peace of God that like yeah um and he like falls to the ground or no I'm like kind of there praying for him I'm like I don't know what's happening I Mm -hmm. look to Jordan who's like just say fire and I'm like okay fire falls to the ground I'm like okay it worked (laughs) like like, not a clue what that would have meant at that time uh or like why that would have benefited anything by saying fire um but the Lord knew. So the guy's on the ground. I'm kind of like down and praying for him. And he would kind of like come out of this manifestation and then go back into it and come out. And was, this whole thing. Probably 30 minutes later, he's sweating. I'm like freaking out, sweating. You know, it's just I'm not freaking out. But I was just like, okay, like yeah. what do we just do now? Just don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Unusual. He, yeah. He just stands up. He's like, God is speaking to me now. And just like walks out of the church. <laughs> I was like. Okay. Like wow. Awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> he said to the Lord, well, he couldn't hear from God, and in the end, he said, "God is speaking to me." So, you know, I thought that praise God worked. <laughs> yeah. Check. yeah, like oh, that seems good, good to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I've I've never experienced a like a miracle that is like Hollywood dramatic. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. when I've experienced miracles it's been so like oh wait that actually that just happened like Mm -hmm. you don't even realize that it happened Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that makes any sense but like just for it to be like way more ordinary than you can ever imagine
1: yeah
0: um which kind of tripped me out for Mm -hmm. a little bit like literally it's just like i mean i saw a lady who was paralyzed get up and walk in nepal wow and it was just like we prayed and she like just got up and everyone's like that's amazing she hasn't walked in forever and we're like praise god you know but it's like <laughs> yes. all right okay um the lord didn't say anything to me audibly in my ears or like i like wow but it was just like it was just the so heavens didn't open the heavens didn't open nobody started I kind glowing of, i kind of expected <laughs> like someone to glow someone
1: with like a shofar come out yeah totally once yeah like
0: wow (laughs) he's been in the bushes the whole whole time
2: there's like 12 (laughs) angels yeah with massive wingspan
0: and trumpets Uh yes totally or like you know someone just like to to float Uh and then stand you're like i don't know but it just was it just happened and you're like well praise god yes
2: wow it's so wild almost Such that you could start to assume, wow, was she actually fine this whole time just Mm -hmm. sitting in that chair? Because it looks so normal for her to be healthy.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: And people who know her are thinking, whoa, no, she's been paralyzed for years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. Funny how those seeds of doubt even come in when something that miraculous happens Mm -hmm. because it looks so ordinary, Mm -hmm. how incredibly miraculous it is. Or I'm assuming in this... um, in this moment of deliverance that you were describing Danica, it's like, well, maybe the person just had a grand mal seizure and lost sense of their tongue and then stood up and they're making up things about God's voice or whatever. Like, it seems like the voice of doubt could always dispel, uh, you know, an incredible testimony, which I think is valuable to just point at, to say that faith is always an element. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to like hope in the Lord and trust his goodness just as much as we do on a typical Sunday yeah. here at Riverhouse when we say, man, I was actually feeling the manifest presence of God. Mm-hmm. I believe that the Holy Spirit is in the room. Yeah. You know, that, that takes faith to say all the same. Yeah. That's good. That to say yeah. That. I like that a lot.
1: And I think for me, like the miraculous, yeah, the signs and wonders of physical healings or creative miracles like of course yes we love them but for me it's like the miraculous is when someone has been unable to feel like they can commune with God in like authenticity and now they can and so like for me I would say the miraculous for me has been like the healing of my mindset throughout my life like mm. I I used to and still like every once in a while I can be very very like um belittling to myself very critical in my mind and like That would often like take precedent over my ability to like commune with the Lord and feel fully loved by Him. And so for me, healing of that or like the revelation of my identity, that's miraculous to me. Like that changed my life. And so, yeah, if there's like physical ailments or like, yeah, the demonic involved or whatever, absolutely, it's miraculous. But if someone like actually gets a full understanding of how loved they are by God, I feel like that's the most miraculous thing that can happen because I think that changes absolutely everything about any situation that you're in, regardless if you walk again mm. or not. But you know how beloved you are. I think that's that's kind of how. Because if I if I built my life on seeing only signs and wonders, I think the way I think it would just be really challenging to like mm. depend on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like knowing the the greatest thing someone can be offered is knowing they're loved by God, which is why He sent Jesus. Um, is yeah, the best thing I could offer someone.
2: Oh, that's on. good. The only essential sign and wonder has been accomplished on mm-hmm. the cross. Yeah. In the resurrection. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yep.
2: And every other sign and wonder is just gravy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: Also delicious.
2: <laughs> we, we thank the Lord for it. Yeah,
1: I love gravy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I switched gears a little. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear you speak a little more, Danica, to what Jace actually brought up earlier about this whole when helping hurts kind of paradigm Mm -hmm. around global missions and nonprofit work Mm -hmm. overseas. Um, what is Riverhouse Global doing to empower people? Yeah. Um, so that ministry is sustainable. And so that they, uh, our ministry partners in these different places around Mm -hmm. the world, don't grow dependent on us. Totally. Um, I know that's a big gear shift, but I'd I'd love to hear you talk about that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Just for the listener, if they haven't heard of When Helping Hurts, it's a book that was written that's been really pivotal and kind of a shift of nonprofits um, where it looks at hundreds of years of people's good intended efforts actually causing more hurt in the long run so the one that sticks out to me I don't even know if this was in when helping hurts or a documentary called poverty inc but like haiti uh produces rice <laughs> as a country mm-hmm. and I think the u.s or some countries started like shipping rice over there by like the tons yes after During the clinton administration okay. I yes. remember this yeah mm-hmm. and they so it's it's our efforts of thinking that okay rice staple food pretty you know it can fill you up but it's also like you can spread it yeah it's cheap Yeah, yeah very cheap um sending tons and tons and tons of that over but that's actually their only main export so yes technically it checked the box of like ensuring there's food but in the long run it like took all of the rice farmers out of business really dampened their ability to export the the product and then left them kind of stuck in a really poor situation like a dependency loop Mm -hmm. yeah exactly rice
2: farmers in haiti are just now out of business because they can't compete with free rice from the u.s
1: similar i think like a classic scenario of a mission trip like a very well intended situation would be bringing over from the u.s supplies and shirts and shoes and x y and z thinking i'll bring this to them but like there's people in those countries that make shoes and shirts and supplies and like so when you're bringing it to them it's taking away business for there to be a chance for someone to buy it from someone that's in that country that would then Mm -hmm. benefit their economy so it's this like there's well intention no one's doing this on purpose but maybe not thinking through the implications of the long-term effect Mm -hmm. of something so that's the that's kind of what when helping hurts means Um,
2: thanks for defining that. Of course. Mm -hmm.
1: So Riverhouse Global is, has been really interesting for me because I, like I mentioned before, the organization I was with before, um, does humanitarian work partnered with the gospel. And that was actually their approach was like, we feel like we're building relationships through humanitarian work, which then will give us, you know, the relational aspect of sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus, which yes, great approach. Riverhouse Global is evangelism pretty much to a T at the moment. So we don't necessarily have a humanitarian arm to us, Mm -hmm. which has been just a shift for me coming into leadership here of like understanding the process of that. And I think we're stepping into a season in the Middle East where we're going to be doing a lot more quote unquote humanitarian work. Um, but, I still don't think our approach will ever be like to do it in order to be able to share the gospel with someone. Sure. Um. So something that I tried to share with our team that's about to go to Southeast Asia next week is we are partnered with heroes of the faith that have thriving ministries in their countries. So we are not partnered with people that are dependent on us or uh, need us even to like, if the partnership ended tomorrow for whatever reason, they would be fine. We get to support one another um, because our visions have aligned and we see the beauty like we've all talked about in this podcast of working together globally. Hmm. Um, with that being said, I think there's an interesting tension right now between when helping hurts and then like justifying not doing enough. <laughs> So this balance of like, well, I don't want to hurt, so I'm not going to do anything. We're just going to be evangelists, We're just going to do this, um, that I think we're kind of dancing in right now as an organization because um, we're very, very led by the Holy Spirit. And so there's this balance of like, how much do we plan ahead? Because we want to be open to the leading. But then like, there's a verse that talks about like, um, man sets his plans and God directs his steps. Hmm. Um, so it's like there's a partnership there even between us and God. So all that being said, I actually, in the next couple of weeks, I'm headed to Southeast Asia and the Middle East to have some pretty big conversations that haven't yet been had within Riverhouse Global with our partners um, where we are shifting the narrative from like a monthly conversation or a yearly conversation of like, what do you have planned this year? How can we help you to, What was the original vision that God gave you when you started this ministry? Like bring us back to that point so we can get on board at that point and then help like together. Let's think about what like three to five years looks like from now Mm. so that everything we do from our mission trips to our events here in the U S to pastors conferences and crusades around the world actually hold a significant place in a long-term plan and are pushing towards a long-term vision versus a situational um, one-to-one exchange. Sure, just like
2: one-off pushes for things that feel like good ideas. Exactly,
1: yeah. Like if we're gonna,
2: um,
1: like, okay, for instance, this is insight into my everyday thought. (laughs) Love it. Um, In the Middle East, we're working with a um, group of people who are in bonded labor and have no way out at the moment, and so the solution that we've um, come to with our in-country partner is a farm that would produce crops that would have enough revenue from that from selling those crops to help go towards the debt, which is about one to two thousand dollars of a family that is in slavery. So release them from slavery. So that that's the current plan. What I just said. Yeah. What I would love to do is say, okay, that's like 0. 0.5 of step one. <laughs> <laughs> step The rest of step one is like we catch them into a place that's where they can heal, recover, be counseled from the trauma they've been through, be counseled from the things they've gone through for generations. And then set them up to be um, citizens of heaven and create heaven on earth realities within their country so it becomes like Mm -hmm. yes there's freedom from their situation of slavery but now you're like how do we walk with you in discipleship and recognize what you've gone through like no human should gone like should have gone through and we want you to realize like your identity in the lord um and like that you actually have the ability to participate in society now in a really beautiful way And then like for me, which this is like only the redemption of the Lord, what I would mark our key as transformational success would be them doing it for the next family in slavery as well. So for me, that's a long-term solution that takes a ton of effort and a ton Mm -hmm. of intentionality and makes our growth impact a lot slower. But you're going way deeper with the people that you actually are able to work with. Um, but maybe that doesn't mean we're act- we're covering every single, uh, break yard in the middle East as quickly as I would want us to, but we're making significant ap- impact where we're at right now.
2: Mm. That's incredible. Thank you. That's a really great practical example of yeah. what's happening. Yeah. I feel like that's holistic and also it's really exciting. Extremely. Wow. Exciting. <laughs> that's <laughs> <Yeah>. so cool. <laughs> and it just reminds me of the way that Jesus chose to scale his ministry. Which Mm -hmm. was not huge crowds, super efficient all at once. It was like, let's do life on life for a while, Mm -hmm. guys, around a table, people who can fit in my living room or that person's upper room, Mm -hmm. and then see how this organically multiplies because um, discipleship is something that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the unraveling of deep trauma. And the building up of our sense of identity in the Lord is a lifelong journey. Yeah. 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 That needs to be pastored well. Wow. This is great. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. That's really wonderful. I'm also wondering if it would be helpful. This is a teeny bit of a backtrack, but Mm -hmm. you said humanitarian work. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if people don't know practically what humanitarian work means. Yeah, Could you give some examples? So
1: like Charity Water, which is a crowd favorite.
2: <laughs> um favorite we love. love. It's basically
1: yeah. the the nonprofit in the US that most nonprofits are looking to for guidance and like let's do what they're doing because obviously it's working, but their sole focus is water, getting clean water to the world, to the whole world. And that is what I would what key as um humanitarian work. So it's mm-hmm. I know, like, the founder of Charity Water is a Christian, but they're not doing their work to get, like, people saved. Yeah. Jesus, you know? Right, right. Like, it's not it's,
2: evangelistic.
1: Yeah, exactly. So even, nature. like, are some of the big nonprofits, like World Vision or Compassion International, like, they are good pictures of humanitarian work mixed with the gospel because they do, like, child sponsorship. So that's taking care of practical needs. That's looking at the human What are these needs that this human has? And then of course, believing that their soul is also like in need of a savior in need of love. And so it's pairing the two together. So that would be the difference. Whereas there's evangelistic organizations that are doing ministry door to door, you know, all things Mm -hmm. crusades Mm -hmm. and then humanitarian work. Good. Thanks.
2: That's helpful. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: Wow. So good. Other burning questions. I, well, be, w- I know we could talk. We do need to wrap up soon. For a but long time, yeah. I think one one thing that I just want to ask you or say or set you up for is your your life is more than just Riverhouse Global. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's only yeah. a week, uh, just a job yeah. you have. Um, what are some things that like you have that the Lord has you like excited about right now in yeah. your personal life? And um, I think now would be a cool time to plug the Whole People Podcast. Totally. So let's go.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Riverhouse School isn't my entire life, but I like kinda what I said before, it's I'm not a I'm a pretty black and white person, so it's like for me I can't really see myself in a job where it couldn't be like every part of me like comes yeah. alive with it, you know. So <laughs> It's not my entire life, but it is. You do think,
0: you do think about it a lot. <laughs> but
1: it's pretty much yeah.
2: all-consuming. Um, <laughs> Hopefully not in a way that's leading to burnout. Yeah,
1: no, 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 never, okay, never. In only, the best way. Only in the best way. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Praise God. Um, within that, in the last like year or so, I went through some challenging months of my life where I just felt like the Lord kind of brought me back to the place of like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I've been involved in nonprofit for... 14 15 years now um and the first 10 of those were volunteer work Mm -hmm. um and so you kind of i at least for me i think i kind of got caught up in the i'm doing it because it's like good and you should and it's easy now because it's just familiar to over the last year i feel like the lord really refined in my heart like this burning desire to see people like know his love where i think i like love the idea of having like a really successful organization before um and i do care about that but that's if that's even anything it's second to the lord and his like name being made greater around the world so Mm -hmm.
0: um, come on
1: (laughs) um in that process i was aware of the fact that i haven't had a hobby for like maybe five or six years (laughs) (laughs) tennis Well, yeah.
2: (laughs) She is an incredible tennis player.
1: (laughs) Except not at all, but I look awesome. (laughs) (laughs) She
0: looks the part. And that's half the battle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyways, long story short, uh, I felt like the Lord was leading me to create something called whole people, which I didn't even know what or when or how or what that meant for six months of Mm -hmm. him telling me that he wanted whole people in this world. And so over yeah just a few months of like praying and having people speak into it i felt like i was being led to start a podcast and it's called the whole people podcast come on and it's a new thing it's only there's only one episode out right now second episode comes out tomorrow sweet which is a tuesday they come out every tuesday um
0: (laughs) that'll be out by the time this is out that's true perfect Mm -hmm.
1: yeah love Mm -hmm. um So anyways, I just felt like I am so fortunate to be surrounded by people that are literally incredible and are normal people and that you don't (laughs) have to be, yeah, yeah, you don't have to be like famous or loud with influence or have a platform to be like a beautiful well of wisdom and have a story and a testimony of the faithfulness of God. And um, I think I have people around me that are so like passionate about different things and creative and have just developed beautiful ways of life that i want people to know them Mm -hmm. and even though whole people isn't necessarily like a massive platform it's a platform at this point to like highlight these people in my life. So I'm starting with like my close friends and family and we'll see where it goes from there. Like I feel like I already have a list of people that weren't on my original list that I'm excited to like interview, but yeah, it's been super fun and it's been really cool because it's a hobby and I'm don't have to do it because anyone's telling me how to do it. And I actually felt like a pretty significant shift from like the pressure of creating something awesome with Mm. whole people when I realized like, no, I'm, when I got my job at Riverhouse Global and kind of shifted into like this lane with Riverhouse Global, I was like, I think whole people can become a hobby and it can actually represent me more than me trying to represent something to the masses and like Hmm. a vast population. So that's good. Yeah. It's been so fun so far. Like podcasting is seemingly having a conversation that's recorded and so i'm having rec- like conversations all day long anyways so it's just been fun to like mm-hmm. have it be a little bit more intentional but yeah it's been super fun that's
0: great podcasts are great here yeah. we are we're on here we are. we're like you know what are the chances? very meta
1: yeah and we're gonna be doing a deep waters podcast whole people collab here in the next few months
0: yay yes i can't wait so i'm pretty excited so about that
1: good.
2: i'm so glad i'm glad to be dubbed like normal person enough <laughs> and also awesome enough to yeah. like get to be invited. Also try to like platform. redeem
1: the phrase like normal person because like social media and just like influencers and all that stuff. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Actually being normal is the better option here. Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, Jesus calls us to live a quiet life too. Imagine having to have Something your phone unlearning. in your face, yeah.
1: like constantly filming your kids, filming that. Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's be normal and like wow. have coffee for like five hours and like walk around. And be like chill
2: to normal, Woo-hoo. to normalcy. <laughs> <Dink>. <laughs> wow. Well, I would like to end, if we may, um, with you, Danica, praying over us and the church um, that we might be activated in our sense of like missional call to see mm. the world transformed. Yeah. Because that's definitely a call on your life. I'm wondering if yeah. you could even just impart that to the listeners of the podcast.
1: So good. Yeah, I'd love be- to. Wonderful. Yeah.
2: Thanks so much. Yeah. Good.
1: Lord, we just, we love you so much. And we just thank you for what you're offering us as sons and daughters of a beautiful new reality and a new life, new mercies, new days. Um, God, I just pray that what you've put in me of passion to see your name be made greater around the world, God, I pray that you'd start um, bringing up uh, different men and women of, of the faith that would give you a confident yes, God, that would see the beauty in sacrifice and see the beauty in um, disconnecting with the American life and looking towards a more global life, God. And I just pray that you'd start to reveal the goodness that comes with that and the simplicity of um, human relationships that are what we were created for. I just pray, God, that you would embed in all of us, actually, just a desire to be more wooed by one another than wooed by the things that the world is offering us. And, um, yeah, God, I just pray that you would, um, give people dreams and visions of what you're doing around the world, God, that they would feel like they have a part to play in the greater story of you redeeming all of humanity back to you, God. And, Mm. um, yeah, Lord, I just thank you for how you move on our hearts, how you speak to us so personally. I just ask that you would meet people in their individuality that would reveal to them that you have been with them writing their story this whole time and that it's really, really good. And you have great things on the horizon for all of us. And, um, life with you is so fun. And so Mm -hmm. we just love you, God. And I just thank you for even just your nearness with us now that you, you love to dwell in the spaces where your name is being highlighted and, um, the testimony of your goodness is being known by more and more. So just love you god and pray this all in your name amen
2: amen amen yeah i have one more thing to say oh Oh, please i
1: thought about this yesterday at church actually and i was gonna have us put it in the newsletter so i might still do that okay um (laughs) but i felt like (laughs) after i sat down from being announced as the ed that I executive director executive director i felt (laughs) like the lord wants people to know that there is a part for you in riverhouse global and i feel like that has not always been made completely clear because it's kind of been this thing that's just been reported on as like, this is what's going on. But we actually like want people a part of it. And we, I, I don't want to say we need them because it's not out of a desperation, but it's like the more people that we have a part of what's going on, like just the greater yeah. the impact. And And if there's something that is on your heart that you feel like, this doesn't really fit into what Riverhouse Global is right now. I don't care. Like, I want to hear about it because I feel like we're actually, like Jordan said, we're entering into a season that's been like seven years of building to like now things are really shifting and getting into place to like really launch. And so, yeah, I just felt like I wanted people to hear that, especially within the church. Like, there's a place for you in Riverhouse Global, and we want you to be a part of it.
2: Yeah. Come on. That's wonderful. And maybe people can become a part of it by reaching out to you directly Mm -hmm. uh applying for a missions
1: trip yeah yeah everything you you need you find on our website but you can also email me at Danica, d-a-n-i-k-a at riverhouseglobal.org um i'm also just usually around at church there's a booth come talk to me or yeah reach out to the church in general we'll get connected if you don't
2: know what she looks like then just watch this podcast <laughs> on youtube yeah and you'll, exactly. you'll see right, right after you've
0: listened to it on apple podcast and spotify mm. and, yeah. google. and google yeah oh uh-huh. that's a thing it is
1: and youtube podcasts and
0: youtube podcasts. no
2: way that's a thing too
1: mm-hmm.
0: well i think it's just like the podcast playlist on uh, youtube is what we are mm. yeah android podcasts probably that's yeah that's google podcasts. Uh, twitter yeah.
2: podcasts uh-huh. mm-hmm. i don't
0: X x, x podcast oh no <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs>
1: Things went, okay. um,
2: trying to make it my ambition to live a quiet life and then I started a <laughs> podcast that's hilarious
1: <laughs> literally I just told someone like I would prefer to delete every evidence of myself on the internet but I've just started a podcast so now I
0: cannot that is so, <laughs> <fun. That's> so <laughs> it's awesome. like so at the true. same
1: time it hit I was like dang it
0: next year next year, <laughs> next, year. <laughs> yeah. next January yeah. wow. that's
2: great well thanks for being with us Danica do you have anything yeah. else to say don't nothing, want to cut you nothing.
1: off. No, yeah, no. this has been awesome. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, it's been so fun mm-hmm. getting to show you off to the church. Thank you. Yes, yeah, You're wonderful. We're so excited to see everything that is in store for Riverhouse Global, for your ministry. Thank you. And um, I think we speak for the church when we say we're all behind you and believing Thank you. in you. Yeah. Trusting that the Holy Spirit has you in this mm-hmm. role. And that he is like working incredible things through your brilliance and strategy mm-hmm. and leadership,
1: wow.
2: and submission to him. So, yes. well, thank, thank you for you. being at the helm of that ship. I re X that Such so gift. many times.
1: Wow! Thank you so much. Re
2: X instead of retweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> retweet. <laughs> is that a thing? No, I just. Oh. Made it up. <laughs> wow! I never had Twitter to begin with. I'll be honest.
1: That surprises me. Really? Yeah. You seem oh. like a Twitter person.
2: I. I'm sorry she said that. I have to be honest, I am a we little bit. We can unpack offended. that later. No, I'm just kidding. I'm
0: so sorry.
2: I'm totally kidding. I'm, so sorry. <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyone who does have Twitter or X, we love you. Yeah, no the, judgment. We're just playing. Yeah, around. mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Well, we'll have a blessed week, friends. Um, we'll see you on Sunday, we hope. Yeah. And until next time, enjoy the last sip of your tea. <laughs> <laughs> know.
0: Bye. Bye. I love you that was so good thank you so much for listening to the deep waters podcast if you have comments questions or concerns maybe even a recipe or two please send them to deepwaters at riverhouse and if you would like to join us at riverhouse for sunday service we meet at the vineyard boise at 4 p.m we'd love to see you there we cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends our theme music was written and recorded by the riverhouse worship team production is done by jordan Soderman. special thanks to isaiah guerrero for our artwork benjamin olson writes and co-hosts with me jace langley and i also edit this bad boy if you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us please leave us a review wherever you listen to the deep waters podcast may christ be with you wherever you go